Hello, everybody, and welcome to this new episode of Road to Forest Valley podcast. Today with us, there is Giacomo. Hi, Giacomo. Hey, hi, Giulia. Thank you for being with us. Giacomo is the co-founder of a startup, Bugs Life, doing proteins from insects. But I will leave to Giacomo explain the, the whole concept. But first, would you like Giacomo to explain us how does the whole project started? So when and, and why? Yes. So first of all, uh, thanks uh, for the invitation to your podcast. So let's go back to the university time. A few years ago, I've been spending my master in the Netherlands, in Wageningen, and I was doing food biotechnology. Over there, in that university, the sustainability concept was broad. So in every lecture, there was always a topic, this mainstream, that we need to go sustainable, we need to do the transition. And also, the sustainability concept is something that was with me since the beginning, since I can remember. I was always being passionate about sustainability. So that was the university perfect for me. And there is where I met Katerina, which later became the other co-founder of The Bikes Life. And in fact, it was at the university where we first came in contact with the concept of the insects for the production of sustainable protein. So if we want to do a little bit of a recap, in 2018, I was doing my master thesis and I was studying the microbiome, so the bacteria that lives inside a specific insect which is called uh, the black soldier fly, which is basically is the insect that now we are growing. After my thesis, I've done the internship in Rotterdam in a company named Coppert, where we were already uh, rearing like several tons of larvae every week. So it was already quite an industrial level of insect production. Then we came back to Italy in 2019 and uh, me, together with Caterina, we founded uh, The Bugs Life because uh, we knew the concept pretty well, but we figured out that in Italy nobody was actually following uh, this topic, nobody was putting effort in uh, developing the technologies. So we said, okay, let's try this. And today we are uh, three years later, we have done some progress. Not there yet, but we definitely have done some progress. That's, that's very interesting. So you said that basically in Italy there is no market yet, at least three years ago. Why you think so? It's a pretty interesting question. Uh, actually, Italians, I guess that they are pretty innovators, but maybe on other fields of the, the knowledge. And I'm not sure if the entomology, the, the science that studies the insects, I guess that it's underrated in Italy. So not much attention in this field. This is not the case for the, the Netherlands, because in fact, I've done uh, several courses at the university about uh, the insects. So actually the students are more trained. The concept of growing insects is way more broad at the university level. And uh, the university people later become uh, working people. So if you don't train uh, the, your students, you don't have uh, people that know. So. If I'm not wrong, they also already sell insect products in the supermarket, right? Like at Albertine or so? Yes, in Albertine. I see that you have been in the Netherlands. <laughs> there are some products. Yes, there are. And uh, we can already introduce a, a differentiation, a split, let's say, in the field of insects. We have insects for food, which are these that we find in the supermarkets. And then there are insects for feed. And feed is the food for our animals. 
And actually, my topic, especially with the Black Soldier Fly, is insect for feed. So, to feed, in fact, pets, poultry, fishes, so on. Okay, let's go a little bit into what you do, indeed. So, how do you do that exactly? So, what is the problem that you're actually trying to solve with your startup? Okay, I think it's called the protein gap. So, our scientists do prevision, forecast for the future, and the forecast for the protein production. But, I mean, what is a protein? The protein is uh, what we eat. So, you can eat fats, sugar, but basically what you really want to eat is protein. You cannot just eat uh, sugars for all your life. So, protein is the basic of why we eat. So, it's very important to be able to produce the protein that we consume. And this is not the case for Europe and especially for Italy. We are highly dependent in protein import. We cannot manage to produce all the protein that we consume every year. And this is a strong, strong dependency that actually puts Europe and Italy in a not so good situation, you know, because you are always susceptible to the fluctuation of the market or to geopolitical crisis. And so this is the problem, the protein gap. And with the insect rearing, we can produce our protein locally. And the nice fact of the black soldier fly in particular is that uh, you can feed the larvae some waste food. So we actually tackle a second problem, which is the waste food. So every year we in Europe generate millions of tons of waste food. And with the black soldier fly, we can actually close the circle. So we can take this food waste which is kind of difficult to treat for most of the times. But if we feed this food waste to the larvae, the larvae in 10 days can bioconvert. So the bioconversion is this new concept. Can treat the food waste and simply growing. And then we have to kill the larvae. So it's a little bit of ethical problem. But then we have the protein, which is a sustainable protein that we can eat or use for feed our animals. And we have generated this protein out of byproducts. Okay. Could you dig deeper a little bit on your technology, let's say, behind the, the, the rearing? Yes. So, in a black soldier fly plant, you need to think about all the life stages of the larvae. So, we have several areas in our plant. First of all, we don't have already an industrial plant. We are at a pilot phase. So, we don't sell already the insect protein, but we are studying to sell it. Anyway, our project has many areas. In the first area, we produce the eggs. So, you have to imagine that we have these big cages where the fly can fly inside the cages and actually find the love and mate and then they can lay our eggs. So we have actually a trap for the eggs because the fly of the black soldier fly wants to lay its larvae closer to a bad smell source of organic spoiling basically. So this is a trick that we use to collect the eggs. Then we have the eggs and we have the second area where we need to fatten the larvae. So in this area we have a lot of boxes and we put a lot of food waste which you have to imagine is kind of a liquid a stream and so we stack on vertically the boxes so it's like vertical farming and in every box we have to put like 50 kilos of food waste and a bunch of insect eggs and then we close the door. We come back 7-10 days later we open the door and instead of a lot of food waste, we now have a lot of grown-up larvae. 
and also the leftover of the larva, which is called the frass, the, the, the feces of the larva. Both of these are our products because the larva then become our sustainable protein and the frass, the feces of the larva, actually it's a fertilizer. So we really have no bioproduct, we just produce products. And in the third part of our plant, there is the rendering of the larvae, where in fact we take the live larvae and we render them into the protein powder. So we get rid of the water, we separate the fats. And so from our plants enters food waste and exits both fertilizer and sustainable insect proteins. Cool. So my question now is, who are your clients? Or actually the question is, who are your stakeholders? Because you can take organic waste from someone and then sell the proteins and all the, the outputs to others, right? So how does the ecosystem look like? It's in fact a many stakeholders uh, scenario. This is the case for the circular economy, which also connects to the concept of the industrial symbiosis. So if we have a symbiosis, so we have many entities that need to interact. Now these entities are actually our uh, stakeholders. So uh, we can do a little bit of a differentiation. There are stakeholders who want the, the protein, the sustainable proteins. So these would be uh, some pet food producers or some aquaculture producers or also some shrimp producers. Uh, actually, there are a lot of people that grow shrimps. That makes sense. So these are the people that are interested in the proteins. We have a second group, the people who want to get rid of organic products. So Actually, a lot of industrial transformation has bioproducts. So if you do beer, for example, you have barley byproducts. If you do potatoes, you have the potato peel byproducts. All these industrial plants could be interested in providing their waste, let's say. Also big cities. In China, the municipalities of the big cities collect all the organic waste and treat all this organic waste with the black soldier fly. Then we actually have a third group of stakeholders, people who want fertilizers, so farmers, but also now because of the war in Ukraine, fertilizer prices has skyrocketed like more than the double, almost the triple. And instead we can provide a fertilizer that is constant in price and very, very good also. Then we have a third uh, group of stakeholders uh, who are actually people that uh, just want to invest in green technologies. So we have these large funds or whatever entities with money, which uh, look at the future and say, okay, green technology, it's the idea. So it's definitely just stakeholders because it puts some funds, which is a, a critical factor to make the technology proceed. Of course. So you're actually now studying how to design your plant, but is it scalable, the technology? So could you easily transfer all the capabilities to different stakeholders or regions? So you said that it can be grown locally, right? Yes, it's kind of scalable and kind of transferable. I mean, you can definitely, with our technologies, and there are also other startups that are developing other technologies, can meet different sizes, but transferring the technology is not so straightforward. In fact, this is an industrial symbiosis, so we need the feed from someone. Maybe we need to recover also the heat from someone else. 
then we need to sell the protein. And the closer are these uh, entities, the stakeholders, the better is the, the symbiosis. So finding the right spot with the right feed, with the right uh, inputs, it's not so easy. So the, the technology is at the end 10-20% um, of the whole story. That is definitely transferable. So for the moment, actually, the impact of the insect sector, of course, we are at the very beginning, it's very little because the economy is so huge, actually. And it will be kind of little for many years still because it's not a software that you just do copy-paste and you are all over the world. But it's definitely part of the future of the sustainability for the food production. So for sure it's going to have a part of the economy. It's going to take some time, but we're going to be there. Okay. You may have talked with several stakeholders now, and I'm curious about what are their feedbacks. Where do you see rigidity somehow to adopt this new technology? We are definitely behind in Italy compared to France and Netherlands. The resistance is uh, in the price, for sure. I mean, at the end, uh, this protein is still quite expensive and there are several reasons. So the comparison is the fish meal. I have to take it from the <laughs> larger, but then you, you will understand why I say this. The comparison is the fish meal, which is the standard for the feed industry today. So, so actually they go into the seas where nobody can um, control you. They just take whatever they want and fishes and they grind the fish. And then they come back home and they produce aquaculture with other fish. They do fishes out of fish, not sure why. And this is so not efficient from a mass transfer point of view. I mean, because every four kilograms of wild catch fish, they can just produce one kilo. But it's very cheap because they, they have no rules in the sea. Actually, I would also suggest to watch uh, Sea Spiracy. It's a movie on Netflix that talks about uh, the industry. And also the government, so we are actually helping them to keep artificially a, a low price of the fish meal. And, and this is a problem for us because uh, this uh, price of the fish meal is so low that reaching that price with the insect protein is going to take a, a, a while, actually. So this is the initial resistance, uh, that our product is sustainable, is local, is uh, secure, is super cool, but it's still a little bit pricey. This is the main problem. And how do you see other places or countries reacting positively to this problem and, and so making it work? So the idea here is to do circular economy and you can do circular economy if you are allowed to feed some true waste to the larva. And this is not happening in Europe, because in Europe everything is so regulated and we are so cautious about everything. So basically today we can just feed our uh, black soldier fly larvae with the conventional feed. And this does not make sense basically. Instead in China or in Africa or in North America, they are actually allowed to provide them some true waste. I'm not talking about something incredible like dead bodies, but just something like a little bit more biologically active. And that is the point. So in Europe and in Italy, we are still quite constrained from the feed, from what we can provide. And that would for sure lower prices. Today, we are still forced to buy kind of conventional feed, so it cannot work. But the moment that uh, the regulation will be more open and the technology will be a little bit more advanced with the incremental uh, innovation, 
I think that we can go quite close to the fish meal price. And that is going to open a huge market for the insect uh, products. Okay, so one last question about uh, your solution. Do you have a test example, a case study or something more concrete to explain, you know, the capacity of your solution in the future and therefore the related impact in the market? So in Italy, we don't have any, let's say, industrial scale black soldier fly plant. And as far as I know, we are the first that are so serious about the planning. We are planning a plant which would be able to absorb between 5,000 and 10,000 tons every year of food waste. And this plant would produce between 300 and 600 tons per year of proteins. Let's say that 600 tons of protein is not so much, it's just enough to launch, for example, a snack for the dogs. You cannot even launch a proper complete meal because the numbers of the industry are bigger, but this is going to be the first plant, which if it works, it's gonna just be the first out of so many to come. In fact, the scale to reach is very huge. And, uh, and there is still nothing. <laughs> yes, yes, definitely. Okay, and one last question. Could you name some main difficulties that you encountered during this process? So you already mentioned some related to the market, to your specific industry. Are there some still that we are missing? I would like to mention once again the industrial symbiosis concept, which is a, a super fascinating concept, which is our power, but also our weakness. So the black soldier fly plant is most sustainable if it's inserted in a symbiosis model. So where we take the feed from an entity which should be close by, like uh, 500 meters. And then we need also a lot of heat to grow our larva. Maybe we need to recover also this heat. Then we need to sell all our products. And this has to happen in a symbiosis environment which is fascinating but very difficult to build because you need to take agreements with so many people which do not know still the concept. And so also the people that should put some money are a little bit reluctant because they say, okay, this is so cool but so difficult to achieve. I would say that is integrating into the normal system. It's quite a challenge. But it's also the, the very why of why we are doing this. So. Yeah, that's, I guess, indeed, many startups trying to have impact and trying to adopt industrial symbiosis models have probably your same challenges. And that's also interesting to see how those are overcome then from some of them, or even you are going to tell us how it goes in a couple of years and, and how you managed to, to achieve that. I hope so, because we didn't solve all the problem yet, but most are solved. The point is that you need to solve them all to make it work. So, so we are, <laughs> let, let's see in a few years where we are. Yeah. Thank you very much, Giacomo. Thank you to you. It was very interesting for us to explore your solution and, and understand what you do. For sure, we will stay in touch and tell your progress. And thank you everybody for listening to this episode and uh, I'll see you for the next one. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.